life on the road. It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and bees, fights, candle flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more, missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. No problem. There's nothing worse than going on a podcast and then having to sit there while they do 20 minutes of commercials. Right, right. You're just like, can I talk now? Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Road Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Murray Valeriano. Thanks for finding us on the internet. Uh, back in the studio. First podcast, back in the studio. You guys missed it. We were doing it out of my bedroom for a while. Romantic. Um, ooh, yeah, it was very yeah. romantic. <laughs> Next to the fireplace. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I know you guys get the... At the studio. I don't know if there's an echo in here. I mean, there is an echo in here. I don't know if it's picking up because even though the studio is done, not everything is in yet. So there's a little bit of a hollow sound. So if there is an echo, I'll try and fix it in post. But uh, glad to be back in the studio. Um, this is all right. This is my second to last podcast before I take a four week hiatus, or it's my last podcast before I take a four-week hiatus. Oh. So I have one lined up next Tuesday, but if they flake, then this is the last podcast. So you guys better fucking make it work. Okay. All right. <laughs> a lot of pressure. But yeah, and yeah. I'm just telling you, it's, it's Who's it's next week? I'll make sure they show up. Uh, wait, you know, like I, I try not to... It's like oh. Dave Chappelle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll be fine. <laughs> I try not to say who's coming up because inevitably oh. it's, uh, ah, oh. oh, shit, I got an audition or I got to fucking do car I've thing. heard comics can be flaky. What? I've heard that. No. Yeah. I'm surprised you guys. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal. I'm going to Calgary for four weeks that's in canada never been alberta canada i believe for what uh my wife's doing a movie up there nice. so i'm gonna go up there and uh be a stay-at-home dad uh there's a huge flood so like yuck yuck is closed the comedy cave's closed so i probably won't be doing any spots but if any listeners have anything up there i can do <laughs> <laughs> if there's any cool podcasts i can do or just want to hang out and meet up for lunch give me a shout you uh Got me on the email. Uh, do that. And that's really all the announcements. Of course, like us on the Facebook page. I'll keep you updated. Uh, what's going on in Calgary? I'll put up some, you know, like I always do, put up comics, sets, news on the show, all that stuff. So like us on the Facebook page. Don't be a douche. Um, having said that, three minutes of announcements. Boom, into the show right now. Here we go. Coming up. Is that a jackhammer? Yeah. Did you hear a jackhammer? I did hear a jackhammer. All right, here's the deal. They're jackhammering, and I told them to stop because we're still doing construction in the house. Listeners know, and I just asked them to stop. So if you hear any jackhammers, um, I'm going to have to shut down and kick some ass. <laughs> and this is me kicking ass. Hey, guys, do you mind if you don't? If you can just stop the jackhammer, please? Okay. All right, sir. I feel like I've been talking for this whole time. Sorry about that. We'll get some introductions. This first uh, sitting... Uh, Earphones right, I've known for many years. I remember when he uh, when he came on the open mic scene, way back in the day. Way back in the day, uh, the Westwood right, Bruco. Westwood Bruco, yeah. which is coming to an end. Yeah, that was my first road gig. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I had to drive all the way from like uh, La Crescenta, California, for uh, that one. So that counts the, as a road gig. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I'd say a regular on the Death Squad shows. Yeah, I do a lot of those. Um, and yeah. the podcast. 
Yeah, yeah. They do they do the live podcast and then the show. Okay, like, very cool. Uh, with it. So yeah, I do a lot of those. Very cool. Nick Youssef joins us. Am I saying that right? I've never actually said your name out loud. Yeah, Nick okay. Youssef. That's All correct. Right, cool. Nick Youssef, who also did something very uh, uh, inspirational, if you will, did the love ride. The AIDS the, life the AIDS cycle. Life, sorry, the AIDS yeah. life cycle ride. Uh-huh. Sorry. Um, where it was filled with love. Was it? <laughs> it's a charity ride, so yeah. <laughs> uh, what was that ride? How far? It was from San Francisco to Los Angeles raising on money. a bicycle, 545 miles, raising money for AIDS, awareness, medicine, mm-hmm. all that. Great. All that fun stuff. Awesome. That people need. That's great. How, how long that take? It took uh, a day. No, it took seven. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to look on your eye. Yeah, I'm really good on a bike. <laughs> it took seven days. Yeah. Wow. It was very tiring. There's train you train a little before, but it's still it's exhausting. But I bet. it's fun, man. You know, you see all of California in, in ways you don't in a car, you know. So it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Did your crotch hurt for a week? It kinda did, yeah. <laughs> like by, by day four it's it takes you like a full minute to like sit on the seat in the oh, morning. Man. You're just like slowly ow, ow, ow. <laughs> oh God. And you're wearing those like shorts with the padding on. Yeah. And it still hurts, but after ten minutes, you just you get you, it just goes away. Yeah, oh. yeah, numb crotch. Yeah, I, c- you know. I can do it. Right. Yeah, it's a weird feeling to not. You're like, I don't have a dick anymore. <laughs> like I can't feel anything there. What you know? It's really weird. But uh, sitting earphones left. <laughs> um, speaking of no dicks, uh, I don't know why that was, Brian. I'm sorry. Uh, it's, tr- it's accurate, <laughs> gentlemen. I just met last weekend in Vegas. Um, did not do the uh, life cycle ride, I don't think. No. Uh, the very no. funny uh, Brant Tobler. Am I pronouncing that right? You nailed it. All right. Perfect. Brant. Um, here's how I met Brant. Uh, by the <laughs> way, thanks for all the uh, uh, kind words on the Brian Regan podcast. It was a lot of fun. A lot of listeners uh, chimed in, so it was great. Oh, and I did a giveaway. Like, guess who this guest is going to be, and I, and I dropped a hint on it. And I, for the first right answer, gets a free T-shirt. Nobody guessed right. So I feel bad. I wanted to give away a T-shirt, so I'll do another giveaway, I promise. But like three people guessed Jimmy Pardo, which was like, really? What was the question? The question was, and if you were to listen to the podcast, Nick, you'd know. <laughs> uh, the only comedian I would still pay to see. And I've said it several times on the show. And okay. for some reason, people think I'd pay to see Jimmy Pardo. And your, I don't. <laughs> your, your listeners just didn't think you could get Brian Regan, I think. I, I guess not. <laughs> You're I just like, not. well, I mean, it's probably Brian. But there's no way. <laughs> uh, by the way, Jimmy Pardo this, weekend, this week co-hosted Conan. Yeah, I saw that. That was Great. cool. Talk about a comedian in his element. It yeah, was, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. I love Jimmy. I'm just giving him shit. But three people did guess Jimmy Pardo. Anyway, Brant Tobler, I met this past week in Vegas. Uh, I walked over to see Jimmy Dore's show, who you're featuring for, and I caught your set. It was very funny. And then uh, we cruised around Vegas in Brian Regan's limo till 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. So that a was very a very weird uh, Brian Regan night. That wasn't too shabby. No, it's the nicest guy in the world, and uh, just, it's uh, some, it's a, I met him when I lived in Vegas, and that's maybe the third or fourth time, but mm-hmm. man, just a generous, nice, humble guy. I mean, I, he's what you would hope yeah. Brian Regan would be, he's even better actually. So it was cool. It was, it was a cool night. The funny story is when I, I was dating this girl and I was super pissed and uh, I was coming to a show and Brian was sitting in the back corner with his wife at the time and he had bleached his hair and he was like in a Hawaiian shirt and we were in Vegas. So I thought it was just a tourist. Right. 
And I was on a beeline over there to kick this guy out of the comics booth. Like, get the fuck out of our booth. And thank God uh, Tom Rhodes stopped me. Or no, it was Claude Shire stopped me literally 10 feet away because I was just so mad at my girlfriend. I was just going to be a douche and take it out on some <laughs> poor Vegas tourist who's like in the comedy booth. And yeah. I'm like, like Boy, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Fuck you, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this motherfucker? And he's like, oh, that's Brian Regan. I was like, holy shit. Thank God. But. That's why Claude Shire lives right over there. Yeah, he saved me. I owe Claude because I would have definitely embarrassed myself. <laughs> wow. Hey, does uh, Death Squad take that show on the road at all? I think they're starting to now. Yeah. They're doing, like right now, I think they're doing shows like uh, in San Diego during Comic-Con. Oh, really? Yeah. So they they'll do, do like select gigs. Do they have around. a big Comic-Con comics following? I, I don't know. I, it might just be like, hey, Comic-Con's going to be fun. Let's set up some shows. Oh, okay. And, yeah. And they'll have like special guests, I, I assume, because there's a lot of comics down there. Yeah, yeah. For, for specifically Comic-Con. So they probably have like people. Okay. Because every yeah, time I were... see Death Squad there, it's always MMA guys. They yeah, were, yeah, yeah. They were doing a midnight show last night. Uh, I was down there. My roommate opened for Amy Schumer, and then we went by American Comedy and saw Brian Posehn, and then they were setting up for oh, okay. a big Death Squad show. They said it was going to be packed for at the American. Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hannibal by came, and, and someone like, else stopped by too. I saw pictures this morning. So. Right. Like I totally see Posehn, of course, is down there, and all those guys. I just wouldn't picture oh, unless. Yeah. You know, all the Death Squad guys want to go down there and wedgie all the nerds. Or yeah, beat just beat them, them all up. Or whatever. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Choke them out. Yeah, and then they leave with all the hot chicks that the yeah. nerds are eyeing, dressed as like Wonder Woman <laughs> or whatever. I'm going to nail me Princess Leah. Yeah. So, uh, Nick, I know you got started out here, and we've talked to p- people who've started out in Los Angeles. I've never talked to anybody who started out in Vegas, though. Yeah, is there a scene out there? I've, I, when he brought that yeah. up, I was wondering that. There you is, can ask him directly. There is right across now. the table from you. There is now, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk to you through yeah. him. Okay, okay. <laughs> when we started, it was awful. There was just a one... There was a Sunday night show, and we looked forward to it forever. And uh, I should have started in Phoenix, but I chickened out. Is that uh, where you're from, Phoenix? Not from Wyoming, but there is no comedy there. So then I was in Phoenix, and I wanted to do it, and I just didn't really know you know how to get started and yeah. then i end up starting in vegas and uh it's just it's probably the worst scene there is really oh really because if you do like a bar show there you have to deal with the slot machines mm-hmm. and there's been plenty of times when like if we, if i set up a bar show and there's like 100 people watching the show everyone's drinking but there's some old lady that drops 2000 in a machine you know you offend her shows over you know they care about their gamblers will oh, yeah. always make them more money than dumbass comics so yeah. <laughs> we'd get kicked out of you know people are like okay you guys can try it and then you upset one gambler because of course comics someone's not paying attention to them they just start going at them like you know watch me watch right me. right and like i said you'll never be funnier than like a four of a kind so it's like it's, <laughs> yeah. an impo- it's, a, it's a really shitty place and then the clubs had no use for like the local comics because guys that would headline everywhere else around the country will feature there or you know people come down a spot just to be in vegas yeah. so it literally was the it was, it was the worst how long ago was that well should i started like 10 years ago okay was that after sam tripoli split or yeah tripoli was gone okay. uh i think joe coy was there when i was there there was no one oh, really. I didn't know it was joe like, was a vegas guy yeah for a little bit that's why i started a backyard show uh-huh. in the myspace days stanhope posted a blog one time like hey if you're a comic uh you know, you got to do it yourself, quit waiting. So I sent Stanhope a message, said, okay, I'm doing these backyard shows. Are you in or are you out? And he was like, he'll do it. Yeah. So I start. I had a perfect backyard and I started doing these shows. And like my first show was like Tignataro 
Martha Kelly, like maybe 60. Then my mm-hmm. next show was Neil Hamburger, like 80. Mm-hmm. Then my next show was Brody and Morgan Murphy, like 100. Next show was Benson, like 120. My final show was Stanhope. Sold out in my backyard, 270 people. <laughs> I've never heard that phrase. Never, yeah. My backyard yeah. was sold out. <laughs> in a house I was renting, and uh, then we got kicked out like, then the next week. But we had an awesome show. Uh, you got kicked that. out for doing shows there? Yeah, well, that show was so big. I was in like a cul-de-sac, uh-huh. and that many people. It was just, it was crazy. People were flying in from all over the country to see Stano. Really? Because I had a huge balcony that was kind of like VIP, and then I could I built a stage and everything. Because at the time, I was working for a bunch of professional gamblers. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was making a ton of money. This is where the mob comes in. Yeah, <laughs> sounds, sounds super shady. So I would just call up comics that I wanted to work with and go, hey, if you come to my house, you get 100% of the door. I'll take care of everything. Just show up. So it wasn't hard to get comics. <laughs> then I had comics emailing me from all over the country, like people, but like shit I didn't want, like Kyle Cease. And Kyle right. Cease must have sent me 10 things. It was like, fuck you. I'd never have you in my bag. Do you see my lineup before? I'm not having fucking Kyle Cease. Kyle Cease yeah. is actually on the next show. I'll get what you see. <laughs> He's actually a guest on this one. He's yeah, going yeah, in a half an hour. Here in a few yeah. minutes. Well, you tell He's me. Doing he, he can't do my backyard. So you, <laughs> you got kicked out. Like, what, is there a clause in the renters? We're like, please don't well, just, yeah, advance your career here. And just, I guess it was a violation. So we, I mean, I don't, I wasn't going to argue with them, but they, we just got a note like you guys broke shit in the lease, which I guess was like, well, they were mad we were selling tickets. Cause I was selling tickets, 20 bucks on brown paper tickets. So I think we, we got in trouble for selling the tickets and then uh. everyone complained, of course, like, cause I gave like $50 gift cards to all my close neighbors, like five or six of oh, them. Oh wow. But there was so many cars. I didn't realize it was going to be that big. So. You got to invite them to the show. You oh, we did. $50 but, gift you know, cards. people, people are always going to complain yeah. and I could only invite, you know, I didn't realize how big it was going to be. So, but the next cool. people renting that house are looking at the lease like, no live comedy shows? <laughs> like, why would anyone, why would we okay, do that? Oh, yeah. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> no selling tickets on brown paper tickets. <laughs> I guess we'll go to StubHub. Yeah. <laughs> so, we kind of just had to create our own. Uh, Luckily, Stanhope wrote that and kind of inspired yeah. us. And he was so cool. Once he was on board, then everyone else, it was easier to, for me to reach out to people and be like, hey, I'm doing backyard shows. Stanhope's coming, they'd be like, "Oh, okay." Then I'll, you know, then I'll sign up. So was Stanhope uh, on acid when he did your show? No, okay. he was he was cool. I mean, he got drunk and he immediately came on stage and just started screaming about Hitler <laughs> in Stanhope fashion. That was really, his yeah. opening, just trying to piss off the neighbors. But no, I love Doug. I'm, I just I'm always oh, intrigued yeah, by the set he did in Fort Lauderdale when he was tripping on acid. And, and he might have been. I don't. I, don't, I just <laughs> sat there like. He was around the store when I first started going to the store. Oh, uh, really? Before you. Yeah, so that's how I got to know Doug. So so any backyard shows starting out in Los Angeles, Nick? <laughs> no, I mean, the only, like, unusual, like, unique shows were, like, at, at the laundromat on... Oh, sure. Remember that one? The Sounds... laundromat has been brought up here several times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyone yeah. that started has been doing comedy in L.A. for, like... 10 years has probably done that show. Yeah. Uh, and Sunset Alvarado and Echo Park before Echo Park was like a cool yeah, yeah. hip area and a stage, not even a stage. Mm-hmm. It was a mic stand set up for whatever reason, right in front of the bathroom. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there were other areas to set and they're just like, no, we need to set it up here where the, is the only bathroom in this entire huge laundromat. There was a subway in there and yeah, a yeah. Starbucks and then you'd perform mostly to the subway employees and <laughs> then like four or five people like sitting on top of a dryer reading a book and you're trying to like grab their attention. And 20 comics. Yeah. 
The show got on like CNN though. Oh yeah, yeah I, was, I heard about it in Vegas. It was like these oh, legendary really? laundromat shows. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. lineups are good. Oh like, yeah, they got a lot of really good people there. But it, you know, actually, co- comics it, will just perform wherever. It actually ended you know? up being featured on uh, Last Comic Standing. That was one of the challenges to go perform in. The, oh, that's funny. What's her, I forget her name, but she was Christy she, Murphy. Christy Murphy lives down in the Philippines now. She was uh, no way quite the hustler. She was the one that ran it. Yeah, yeah. She was the one who had the thought to put a stand-up show in a laundromat. She now owns a laundromat in the Philippines. I'm sure. She now owns the Philippines. <laughs> yeah, she was getting a quarter out of every there. cycle yeah. with that the was... profits of the laundromat <laughs> yeah, show. You yeah. could probably buy the Philippines. <laughs> can't be expensive, right? No, it can't be that expensive <laughs> at all. Well, Nick's right. Comics will just perform anywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I was trying to think of all the crazy places, and I'm you just never say no to anything. Sometimes I wish I would have said no, but yeah, yeah. At times I'm like, why am I here? Like what? <laughs> I did a nudist colony show. Really? Which wow. was, but it was awesome. Actually, it was really cool. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, somewhere up in California, I don't even remember where I was at. And we got there, and uh, I was really nervous. But it was like a beautiful summer day, and you there was like one, two rules. You couldn't go in the pool unless you were naked. Okay. And then there was this weird patch of grass that you weren't allowed to walk on, which I just thought was the most fun. I mean, it literally had like five keep off grass. Uh And that was the only two rules. And uh, so we go, so then I get there, I'm a little nervous and I'm like, let's go get some beer. So then I went and got just like pounded two beers and I was like, all right, fuck it, let's get naked. And then once I got (laughs) naked, it was like the best. But the only like creepy, it was creepy because, so we go to the pool and the pool's packed with people. So there's this girl at the pool that's pretty cute, you know, like, big boobs and has her bush all trimmed up nice and i'm like this chick's pretty hot and she's like they're playing volleyball of course what you would think yeah, <laughs> nude yeah. volleyball and then the ball bounces out and she takes off and she goes and gets it and then she's coming back pretending like she's gonna throw it at this dude and this dude's like you know going underwater so he doesn't get hit and all of a sudden she's just like uh what what are you scared are you scared of a 12 year old and i'm like holy what? shit i was checking out a 12 year old oh my god she didn't look any and then that like totally creeped everything out because it was a family yeah that totally creeped everything out right here right yeah, now yeah. when you yeah. told so the story me and the other me and the other two comics are like we gotta quit you know then of course we were just like but she didn't look like it and then, right, right. And then as the day went it was weird like because it's a family you know so how many years ago was this Probably like two years ago. You should wait four more years before you tell the story. story. (laughs) (laughs) Until she's 18. No, I'm saying I immediately, uh, I looked away from then on, but I was like, holy shit. Wow. So then we did the, but it was cool. Like uh, we had a lot of fun. Everyone's really nice. Not that many hot people there. Like, you know. That's what I. That's what I've. I've only ever heard that about nudist colonies and people like swingers. Right, right. It's never like. In a porno, you know, it's never like attractive. It's yeah. just like old, weird people. Now, yeah. did you perform naked? Yeah, I performed. So then we. No, did you yes! perform naked? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and we right, had right. a. Well, we we had a dinner. So then they had a barbecue. Everyone eats naked, and it was one of the best meals I've ever had. <laughs> and then there's like, a, so then we go do the show, and I'm like, you know, once the, once you get naked over yeah. that first thing, it's really fun. You know, I was playing horseshoes naked. I literally was like embracing it. So then I performed with like a cowboy hat. And just naked. And then I had this stupid, like, green furry mustache for some reason in my bag. And then I just put that right above my dick. And then I performed like that <laughs> wow. 45 minutes. 45 minutes. Which, and, uh, about half the crowd was naked and the yeah. other half wasn't. But they were, they were so receptive and cool. And, and then, uh, then we woke up the next morning and it, they're like, we got to go back to Vegas. And I was like, I don't even want to put my clothes on. <laughs> After, like, a day, you, like, really 
it was really a cool experience, actually. I would like to think that that 12-year-old girl was actually a 24-year-old yeah. girl yeah. who was saying, let's fuck with the comics. Let's fuck with the uh, non-nudist I'm telling guys. you, it was, it was, that was like the most scary moment when you're just like, because yeah, you didn't know, you know. I didn't that know families <laughs> went to nudist colonies. I didn't know. Yeah, that it's family. a whole. It's a nudist. There's different ones, uh, uh, and you can't call them nudist colony. I can't remember what you're supposed to call them because that was the other thing we got in trouble for. That was <laughs> like the, the N word, the <laughs> nudist colony. You can't call it that. It was I forget what they wanted to be called, but we, you know, they kept correcting us when yeah, we yeah. say it. But I it just remembered cool. uh, we had. Do you know anybody? Anybody know Betsy Salkind? I just did a show with her the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flappers. She told uh, she did a nudist colony also and told the same story. Well, not the same story, the pervy story. <laughs> uh, Brand. We'll but be in jail together. She was looking at a twelve-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She thought was. <laughs> no, she said she just like she felt uncomfortable being clothed. There. Yeah, once you, because you're like you're so out. Yeah, you're it's sticking like, out like a sore yeah. thumb. Yeah, you're the odd man out. I imagine. Yeah, yeah and no matter how you're someone worse body than you, right. you know, like you get over that insecurity. You know, I'm I'm not real secure at being naked around like, <laughs> but once there, I'm like this guy. One guy only had one leg and one. Like, I was like, this isn't <laughs> wow. you know. I did. You can no handle matter my love how, handles if the guy's got one leg. There was the old old just little dicks. It's like All right, I'm okay. I'm not. <laughs> my I'm not. only worry would be like getting. A hard on. You, see, you don't have to worry about that at all. <laughs> you see some like hot girl. I mean, that doesn't like. No. Nah. Well, there wasn't any hot girls really. Okay. Well, there was one. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't know. It was never. A, it was never. A, I, I mean, I, that was a concern too. But I, it, it never got close. Because then it's like, look at the new guy. You yeah. know, like, you with the always, hard on. Yeah. Always tell the new guy. Yeah. That, time, yeah, we know. That's my only advice. Uh, if you think you've put enough sunscreen on your balls, just trust me, put a little more on there because I fucking burnt my balls. Really? It <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. They're never they exposed like, to the sun. What yeah, do you think? Were, and it was, it was a night, that was the only bad part of the whole thing. But if you ever get a chance, you should definitely do it. it was, I would uh, totally do it. I don't know, to be honest with you. If I would, I would go it. to an adults only one, though. Yeah, yeah. I would have don't to be I'm like, is this mistake. 18 and over? I'm in. Right. <laughs> I don't need to have any weird, like, I didn't know, I swear. I, lo- I didn't know, I'm sorry. Apologizing to parents, and then you run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe I'd do it. I, did, I don't even like performing to people under the age of 18, no, like comedy wise. Yeah. I did it at the, I did one uh, stop on the Warp Tour, mm-hmm. like years ago in San Diego. So, do you guys know Mac Lindsay? No. Uh-huh. No. He's a Austin comic. He was okay. living in LA for a long time. Now he's in New York. But he did the, he was doing the entire Warp Tour. And then he couldn't do the San Diego one. And he, they're like, who can you find to fill it? And I was like, oh, I'd love to do it. It's a festival. It's a concert. Yeah, yeah. Not remembering it's the fucking Warp Tour. It's like <laughs> yeah. teenagers. Yeah. So, I get down there and it's like an outdoor like not even like a, a real concert tent. It was like one of those like pop-up ones that you yeah, set yeah. up and it was pretty big and there was no stage and you're in the middle of the tent and you're like in between where the stages are and all the merch stuff. So you're performing to a different audience every five minutes because it's people that just kind of stop and look at you like, what's going on now? We'll pass on that. And then they move on. <laughs> So I had to go get a Pennywise shirt. Yeah, exactly. I think they were there. I think Pennywise was there. And, and I was like, Oh, please let, and you always want long sets. Normally you're like, how much time do I do? And in my head during this, I'm like, please let it be four minute sets. Yeah. Cause I don't need, it was 20 to 25 minutes of me talking at the top of my lungs. I started losing my voice by minute 10. Wow. Cause you're just, you're yelling to like, I mean, if you do like a bit, you might not even be able to finish it before half the crowd becomes a whole new set of people. Yeah, yeah. 
And I'm like, how am I going to get this audience's attention? Because A, there are teenagers, their attention spans like nothing, mm-hmm. you know, and they keep leaving. And I was like, oh, I know. I will ask who wants cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> so I pull out my, I'm like, hey, any of you kids smoke? You know, smoking makes you cool. I get an applause break. <laughs> and I'm like, this might work. And some kid's like, what's this guy talking about? And I'm like, it makes you cool. I light up a cigarette. I look over to the guys that are running the show and they're just shaking their heads. <laughs> and I'm already halfway through. I'm like, what are you going to light me? You'd be doing me a favor. So I light a cigarette and I start like discussing the pros. I just turn every con about cigarettes into, into pros. They make you younger, yeah. more attractive. <laughs> they make you funnier. I'm doing better now than I was five minutes ago. <laughs> you know? Um, and I pussied out when a kid asked for one. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, I'm like, yeah. I can't give it. Like, yeah. this, he looked 15. I'm like, right. I'm not giving a 15-year-old. Was it just you? No, there were like four or five oh, other okay. comics. I didn't know any of them. Yeah. Anyway, one guy who was San Diego-based at the time. But uh-huh. I didn't know any of the other dudes. And we didn't even, I didn't even have time to like hang out and watch Pennywise. Right, or right. whoever. There was like <laughs> them and someone else. And it's a shame they broke up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I think they're still together. I thought they broke up. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. I think oh, the lead sucks. singer finally just said enough. Really? Yeah, they're like 50, man. You can't be playing punk at 50 anymore. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, they're all like family men and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like Pennywise. I, I always like them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but performing for kids is, we did the, uh, the teen tours come through the improv on Melrose. Those are the worst. And they mm-hmm. are suck job. Yeah. They're terrible. And I, I did the same thing. I'm like, I'll buy you guys beer, you know, yeah. and a big laugh. Yeah. And then some little toolbox 16-year-old at the end of the show, hey, can you really buy us beer? <laughs> no, get the fuck out of here. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, you ever perform in front of kids? No, not really. I, I did a, a festival thing similar to Nick's story, just that was in daylight, just a shitty, just yeah. plow through it, gave up on bits. Yeah. Did a little crowd work, and then just uh, eventually it was just like, realized I had already, they paid me before I went up there. And I was like, well, fuck it. I'm, I'm out here. Yeah. Oh, I, I think I was supposed to do like 12 and at 8. I'm like, all right, you guys ready for this next band? I looked over. They were ready. I was like, all right. Yeah. That's the way I was. I was in Vegas last weekend, and it was Saturday night. It was 7 o'clock shows, which rough, man. They're just You just get old people. But Saturday night show was great. It was to capacity. But <laughs> I had my car loaded in valet. Wow. <laughs> in valet. I had the, uh, the woman said, you can get your check at the cage. I got it before. I went on stage, I said goodnight, I high-fived the EMC, walked out to my car, drove home, was in my bed by midnight. Wow. Just could not get it's out of perfect. Vegas fast I mean, enough, man. Vegas is the worst. The longer you do comedy, the quicker your escape routes become. Yeah, exactly. You, just know, you know how to get the fuck yeah. out of a place. <laughs> it's so weird. like, because Nick and I were kind of talking about this before uh, you showed up. It's Vegas, I think Vegas crowds are extremely difficult. Unless you're doing... You know, you're opening for Spade or, or, or Tosh still, or... They're still awful because what you got to think about is like half those people have lost their money. Yeah. Like, and like a, a husband sitting with a wife going, shit, I lost 200, you know? I, yeah, it's just a lot of stress. It's free tickets. Half of them are in fucking food comas. <laughs> they come right from the buffet. <laughs> right, after, right. You know, or they've been laying at the pool all day like, ah. Uh, the crowds, I just think they're awful. They're they're the worst. They're really the whole awful. town's the worst. But oh, really? I'm a little biased because I was there for 12 years. I hate right. It. I can't but stand it there. I did a crazy show there uh, with Tripoli. He did a naughty show at at uh, at the Swingers Club, which is by far the craziest show I've ever done. Oh, uh, really? With, I love with, Sam. Sam's been on the oh, show. I've known Sam for he's years. He's the greatest. He's great. and it was the first time I met Skippy, and Skippy was in a bunny suit. <laughs> 
Skippy Lowe? Skippy Simon. Skippy Simon. Oh, Skippy Simon. Okay. So he, so we had this crazy. So there was these porn stars, and and I, I did my set, and then they porn stars obviously were much better. And then you can't <laughs> drink at at the swingers club, so there's this gay bar next door. So we went to this gay bar, and I'd met this porn star for a little bit. Uh, I'd met her in Vegas, and she was like coming to the show, and uh, but she was growing out her bush for like a photo shoot. Which who is she? This girl Sarah Peaches. Okay. She actually comes to now. She dates the dude that like sells the the sex tapes. Or okay, she's smoking hot. Right. Which, like, just an amazing ass. So, second second Bush reference in thirty minutes. Yeah, by right, the, way. Right, right. the next so, one will be about the former president. Yeah. <laughs> so these dudes were like. Just coming up to her like, hey, can I take a picture with your bush? It's the craziest thing. So she's like, yeah, if you buy us shots and put like credits in the jukebox. We're literally, it's like she was trading for like shots. So the night goes on. So it comes down to the, it's about 530 in the morning. It's me, a married buddy from high school, this Mormon kid that lives in Salt Lake that was just happened to be in Vegas, had no idea what he was signing up for. Skippy, two random chicks from Oakland and the porn star. So we're like everyone's wasted we're like let's go over and have sex in this swingers club you know and we're like all right fuck let's go everyone's on board all six of us are going over there and i was like i get the hot porn star i was fine and i don't know how the oakland chicks were picking between a bunny suit and a married mormon but they were, <laughs> that was their choices <laughs> so we go back over and the sex club's closed for cleaning right we're like oh fuck you know i wonder how often they do that yeah I see, probably daily i hope, I hope. yeah, yeah I hope. not enough i don't think yeah. <laughs> so we go back to the sex or uh, to the gay uh, bar and we're drinking and and skippy convinces this girl hey we're still gonna have sex anyway so he goes on the stage and starts having sex with this girl behind the curtain which is hilarious because you can just see this little bunny suit. Like you can literally see like bunny legs and really? a bunny ear. He kept his suit on. He kept his suit on while he's fucking this chick, and uh, or at least like the legs, you know. So we could just see bunny legs. Well, the gay bartender guy, the bartender of the gay bar, come. He sees us all laughing. He comes out, freaks the fuck out. Like what? He sees Skippy fucking this chick. Right. Fucking freaks out, kicks us out of the bar. So it's like eight thirty in the morning. So we have to go, and then. The, the porn star goes like, you want to come with me? I was like, yeah, for sure. So we go to her house and a uh, big ass house. And I'm like, holy shit, this girl's doing good. And walk in a room. First two things I see, she has like a big stripper pole. And right in front of her bed, she has this big like 12 inch blue dildo, which is Obama. A what? Obama. It's an Obama dildo. Like the tip is Obama's face and the shaft is like a suit. So I'm like, you know. So she's a liberal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I always said. I was like, I don't like following black guys in real life, more or less the most powerful black guy in the world. Right. So we we go to bed and everything, and then we wake up, and she's like, hey, you want to get breakfast? I'm like, yeah. You know, we'll go. let's go get some. And she's like, she just picks up her phone, and she calls and orders breakfast. So I'm like, oh, this chick's got like a butler or something. So we fall back asleep. Like 45 minutes later, the door, there's a knock on the door. This dude comes in with a tray full of food. I'm butt naked under the covers. She's just in her panties. Tits are out. She's just flopping around. She's like, hey, you can just put it down right here. So then the dude puts the food down, and then she looks at me, and I could tell she, like, forgot my name. Right. And, she, and I'll never forget. She goes, friend, this is my dad. Dad, this is my friend. And I'm like, holy oh. shit, right? And I'm under the covers. I can't get up and shake it. I don't even know what to do. And this is like a little fucking... Just looks like a dude right out of prison. So I'm just laying there like, and I just like nod at him and, and he doesn't really acknowledge me. He puts the food down and he walks out. And as soon as he walks out, I'm like, 
holy shit, like, is he going to kill me or something? And she goes, he can't do anything because he knows if he, if, if he does anything, I'll fire him. Oh. And I was just like, what kind of job is that that you don't want to lose? That What are you paying this guy, you know? And I was just like, all right. And then then actually we woke up and like I went and drank with him and he's a really cool dude. But it was the scariest <laughs> was moment, so weird. you know? As, as cool as you wow. could be, but it was the scariest. Oh. And that was my fucking... And the start of that night, I was doing a show at a LA Comedy Club and there was someone sitting in the front row and I, and I called this girl a whore just like playing around as yeah. part of a joke I usually do that usually gets a laugh. And it got no laugh. And I was like, well, why aren't you guys laughing? What the fuck? And then come to find out it was uh, Randy Couture and his girlfriend. And the crowd knew Randy Couture was sitting there. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, but then man. after the show, he was real cool. And uh, yeah. it was just the start of the craziest. Wow. Just, it was the craziest night ever. So I, much, it's always triply, man. So much for porn stars having daddy issues. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. It was and scary. you hate Vegas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it sounds it, like a paradise. <laughs> I've been saying, doing it all wrong. Yeah, I was I'm going to like the, the old spa. people. Yeah. yeah, go with Tripoli one time and, and, and Skippy and you'll end up in a... Damn, man. Wow. Yeah, well that, but that, I mean, I was there for 12 years, so for every good story like that, I have a million fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, ones. and a whole year worth of like yeah, nothing's yeah. going on now. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I, uh, man. That's right. But that was a, that's one of my favorite. When people always go, hey, what's the craziest show you've ever done? I'm like, well, this one was pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's nuts! We crazy shows. Um, I mean, not to that level. Like, <laughs> it's kind of hard to. The last like crazy weird thing that happened to me was was I went to South by Southwest mm-hmm. in 2011, and um, we had set up like all these shows and stuff. I was doing um, uh, WTF Live. Mm-hmm. And then we were doing a show at Cap City, and then one or two others. I love Cap City. Cap City's great. Club. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to go. You know, it's South by Southwest, all these bands. You get to do some shows, you know, have fun. And we set up our hotels and stuff. I was sharing one with with one of the guys that was putting on the the two outside shows that we were doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm flying in with Ari Shafir. And, you know, we're talking on the plane. We're excited. I'm like, yeah, I can't get a hold of my friend whose name I'm leaving out of this. Um, (laughs) I'm like, I, we're going to land at midnight and I, you know, I got to get to this hotel. I can't get a hold of him. It's weird. And I tried him before I got on the plane and uh, like four or five times and no response. And I get to the airport. We land midnight, no response again. I'm like, what am I going to fucking do? It's South by Southwest. Every hotel is full. Even yeah, the yeah. Motel 6s look like a, a, there's a concert going on inside right. of them, you know? And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I call him repeatedly, no answer. And Ari's like, dude, I don't know what to tell. He's staying with at some girl's place or yeah, something, yeah. you know. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. And now I'm getting upset, you know. I'm, I'm stranded in Austin. The only friend I have is out of town that lives <laughs> there. And I'm just stuck. And I'm like, am I going to sleep in a fucking airport? And I'm like, I'm not sleeping in, in the airport. So then we were like, well, let's just go downtown and see what happens. And maybe you can get a hold of him. I called him 15, 20 times. No response, no response, no response. And I'm like, I'm fucked. And we're like, let's go grab a drink and like just figure something out. We get to like the Four Seasons or something. And we're sitting there. And I'm like, I'm just going to have to sleep in a lobby of a hotel or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the Four Seasons would appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, oh, please. Yeah, here's yeah, a couch. You know? And... um. And I just, I'd, I'd given up. I didn't know what to do. And I, I thought about it and I was like, my friend is staying at the Four Seasons. I can just ask her if it's cool if I crash, you know? 
and I go from being really angry and I'm like telling people about the story and, uh, and it kind of loses a little bit of steam because it goes from like I'm being stranded, uh, like I'm totally stranded to like, well, I mean, yeah, I'm crashing at the Four Seasons, yeah. you know, so it's not like, you know, like I'm like irate, but I'm on like a 2,000 thread count, you know, like a or whatever the fuck, you know. And it blows. Yeah, this is the worst. Is room service still available? I heard they had great steak here, you know, like that kind of thing. And she's like, oh, make yourself at home, do whatever you want. I go to sleep. I wake up the next day. I call him 10 times before 10 a.m. No answer. I text him, what the fuck is wrong with you? He responds. And he goes, I don't know, was his response. I'm like, you left me stranded in Austin at midnight with nowhere to go. I left out the fact that I stayed at the Four Seasons. Yeah, right. Right. yeah good point. That was good not going to do me any favors because this is still his fault. Good call, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> and he gives me some fucking bullshit story of like, oh, uh, we got into town and we locked all our stuff in the trunk of the rental car, including the keys. So he had no access to anything. But it's the age of fucking smartphones right. and email. You know, you could contact me, you yeah. know. And he doesn't do it. I'm like, all right, well, where are you? I need, you know, I need to get my shit into a hotel and shower and change. I'm at the Four Seasons, uh, around the Four Seasons. <laughs> yeah. So he comes to pick me up and I go, all right, um, I, you know, I can't wait to shower and change. By the way, you're a fucking asshole. And he's like, no, he showed me the receipt to the, the uh, like the AAA thing that I had mm-hmm. to like open. So I'm like, all right, we need to go to the hotel. He's like, oh no, I need to go to the Hilton so I can prep for this panel I'm doing. I'm like, dude, can I drop my fucking <laughs> shit off at this hotel? He's like, well, it's 30 minutes outside of town. And I'm like, this, all right. So we get to the hotel. He goes to do like a, a run through for the panel he's doing. I'm sitting downstairs with his buddy that he was out with last night. And I go, dude, last night was a mess. He's like, yeah, I heard, you know, we got our shit stuck in the car. And I'm like, yeah, I just need to get to the hotel and change. Um, He's like, what hotel? I'm like, the one that he's staying at. And he's like, he's not staying at a hotel. He's (laughs) staying with his friends 30 minutes outside of town. And I go, He's doing what? (laughs) And then he looks at me and goes, oh, shit. (laughs) I shouldn't have said anything. I'm like, you're damn fucking straight. You shouldn't have said anything. I let him do his fucking panel. Yeah. I let him get away with it. And afterwards, and I'm like, so how comfortable is the bed that you're staying (laughs) at at your fucking friend's place? And he's like, listen, man, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm going to rip your fucking head off right now. How could you do this to me? What is your fucking problem? And he goes, look, I'll figure it out. Just stay at my buddy's place. It's cool. It's just him and his wife. You can sleep on the fucking floor of the place. And then he decides like to make it up to me by like buying me drinks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we're at South by Southwest. It's like this party's all over the place where everything's free. I'm like, <laughs> I can walk to a bar and get free drinks myself, you fucking asshole. Yeah. And then he ends up blaming the entire thing on um, his medication. Mm. I didn't take my medication, so I've been, my behavior's been erratic. And I haven't been able to like come through and stuff. I'm like, you had a goddamn month to prepare for this whole fucking thing and you leave me stranded. He didn't come up with any other options, right. anything for me to stay. Luckily, by the end, the only friend I had that lived in the city came home the next day early from a trip. I don't know why, I didn't even ask. I go, look, here's the layout. And she's like, you can stay at my place free of charge. 
you, my place is yours, made me a copy of her keys. Oh, nice. And I didn't talk to that dude, I think, until like the last day we were there. <laughs> I like how you left the comic's name out. Yeah. Um, and we don't really give a shit. We want to know who the chick who was staying at the Four Seasons was. <laughs> oh, she's just a friend. Madonna. Yeah. She's staying with Madonna. She's just a friend. She works for like a show, and they okay. just put her up in like the nicest place. You can tell us. It was Chris Hardwick, wasn't it? <laughs> be honest. Be honest. It was not. All right. Will you tell me after the show? Yeah, yeah, I can tell you. I'll, I'll tell you all the names afterwards. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I well, mean, how were the shows? The festival. I mean, the festival was great. Yeah. It, it, it took me like a good day and a half to like not to just like calm down over being <laughs> screwed over like that. If I didn't have a friend in Austin, where I mean, where was I going to stay? What was I going to do? I don't know. I don't know. That's why I, I will never screw you over like that. It's Mike. unbelievable that people like promoters and stuff do that and get away with that kind of shit. Oh, the plot thickens. He was a promoter? Yeah, he was like, he organized these shows. Oh. The two shows we were supposed to do, by the way, canceled. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> the whole entire trip, minus the W2F Live right. and the, the Cap City show, everything fell apart. Really? It just all fell apart. Ah, how was the WTF show? Oh, that was amazing. Yeah? Yeah, that was fun. Who it was, was at it? Esther's Follies. It was like a big, uh, like actual, like, you know, comedy showroom, right. you know? And it was like, it was... That wasn't the last one Mike... DiStefano did was it? No, no, no. Okay. No. Um, it was Kurt Braunohler, uh, Brett Gelman, me, Jenna Friedman, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Doug Benson came out in the beginning and like told like a story or two or something like that. But that was an amazing. That was like the highlight of the trip. Yeah. And the Four Seasons was pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like to fly out, like that's one of the shitty things about comedy is like to fly somewhere to leave home where you don't know anyone, and then a promoter just like. It didn't work out for me, so it's just not going to work out for you. Yeah. And they leave you just fucking flying in the wind. Just fucking questioning your choice of I careers. Hate them all. That's oh, I, yeah. I hate bookers, promoters. I hate them all. They don't give a shit about any of it us. Do, yeah, they, they don't, don't give a shit. If you, like, let's say something good happened for you and you'd have to cancel. They'd be like, not only they're not happy that something good, they're just like, all right, fuck you. You'll never work here again. Right. But they would have no problem canceling me at 2.30 on a Thursday. Like, oh, hey, by the way. Doug Benson's coming. He decided he's here, so you're you're out. Sorry, yeah. and they they just have no loyalty. You can keep the hotel room, but other than that, shit. If even that, I yeah. I just hate it because and comics will. If I if I won't do it for a hundred, you know, you'll do it for seventy five. Right, right. Do it for fifty. If it just they always know. It's just uh, there's just no loyalty. I yeah. have no. I would love my whole goal is just one day just to be where you can, where you're your own draw and you don't even have to fucking deal with them. Yeah. And that's what I liked about my backyard show, and that's why I think everyone else liked it. Because then, not only were they getting, f- they didn't get fucked on the door. They could bring who they wanted, mm-hmm. do what they wanted. These comedy clubs are just. I'd rather call a bar if I know, like, if I have one fan in a town, they can usually get me like fifty people. I just do a bar show. I'll call them up, say, "Hey, I'm gonna do the bar. I'll charge ten dollars at the door. I get the door. You you have no risk, nothing. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, we do karaoke at." 9 30 on fridays well i'll do my show at 7 30 and then encourage people to stick around you know then if i get 50 people i make 500 bucks yeah yeah when i feature i'll feature and do seven shows for 600 dollars or something <laughs> and have to deal with bullshit and have them charging me for beer right charging me for chicken fingers where when i do like a bar show <laughs> they're like fucking people think just because i live in la like well, since i'm from wyoming but if i go back and do shows in any of these towns people think i'm like a celebrity they yeah. treat me like a fucking king <laughs> instead of a comedy club it just treats me like a piece of shit feature yeah, that you're in the way yeah whatever. they're just like just just fucking see the light and and i just 
Right. I just, I mean, there, there's some good clubs out there, but there's so many that there's, at least where I, I mean, I still work like B rooms. Yeah. The few A rooms that I do work, of course, are wonderful to me, but. But come on, I, those chicken fingers, though, pretty tasty. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> I order the most expensive thing every time. Oh, yeah. And I never pay my tab. At the end of the week, they got to come get me. Oh, really? You know? Yeah. I was, fuck you guys. Really? Who's charging you for food? Just like some clubs will like charge, you know. And I'll just go, I'll pay it at the end, then I just leave. Yeah. Because fuck them. They don't need to charge us for $2 beers. Do they Man. get mad and not have you back when they yeah, like this? Sometimes, kid? but I try to burn bridges at shit I don't ever want to perform at again. <laughs> you try to burn <laughs> You know, bridge. to make myself get better and not use oh, it, yeah. you know? Right, like, sometimes, right. like one time I was doing a room in Vegas in the middle of it, I was just like, I'm miserable. I'm just going to fuck this show up as much as I can to make sure they never invite me back because I'll always say, yeah, you know, comics are always just like... So a lot of times, or when I like triple runs or charter talent, these guys send me these emails, and I'll just write back the most absurd shit. Like, yeah, I'll take that gig. Uh, I'm doing this new thing where I like to stick a banana up my asshole. So and I just write back these absurd because I just don't want to do triple runs or charter talent anymore. I want to just be taken off the list, so I'm never even think about doing it. Yeah, right. Because then as a comic, I'll be like, oh fuck, I could use that. Then I'll go do it and just be miserable and lose money and yeah. like. <laughs> what is charter talent? I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, uh, me neither. A, it's some bullshit. They send out these emails. Is that then, a, like Vegas or? No, I think it's someone. A lot of people think it's a scam. I think mm-hmm. it's from the Northwest, but they send you these emails and like the first ten times I would reply like, "Oh yeah, I'll take this week," or and then I'd write shit like, "I actually have cousins up there. I can actually draw a bunch of you mm-hmm. know just write bullshit," and I never got one of those things. So now when they send me shit, I just am like. Yeah, I'll take that gig. Last time I was there, I fucked the owner and his wife, but then I stole their watches. So I'll do it again, but just put a different picture of me on the poster. And I'll my, I mean, I just write the most absurd shit, and then I forward it to all my comic friends, and they just laugh. And I just every time I just try to take my response even further. Do they can respond you, to your response? No, they just. But they still send me the email. So can well, you no, one can you CC did, me on those? Yeah, yeah. You have my I would email? love to I'd read love those to too. Read those. One time they did respond like, "Are you serious?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fucking serious." <laughs> But I just shit like that, like, and I think that one of them's a scam. But I'm like, right. fuck. Or one, oh, I did another one of those where the, and then I had to cancel because I had something. And she's like, all right, well, next time you work for me, you owe me a hundred dollars. I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll get that right to you. Yeah. I'm not paying. <laughs> What's you your PayPal? Yeah, Let me send yeah. that right. Let me over. send that right over. You fucking greedy bitch. What an interesting way to get better at stand up. Just burn the bridges of the shitty clubs. The so shitty no bridges I don't want to cross anymore, you know? I, I just, I think it, everyone talks shit to me, but I'm like, guys, I don't want to be doing that next year. Why, right. you know? If I go somewhere, that's my only thing in life. If I'm not, if I don't like it, then I just don't do it, you yeah. know? Because I don't have kids, I don't have responsibilities. So if I'm anywhere and I'm not happy, I just go, I'm fucking, I'm not doing it. <laughs> that's the one thing about my life, like, fuck it. I'm not going to be miserable, so. But it, that club in Vegas is a good club. I saw the one out. I did? Yeah. yeah. It's all right. It's all right? I like I, that I mean, show, right? I just have a bad Vegas uh, bias, so. Yeah. And I work Brad's there, which is oh, the well, best club probably the in the club. I in mean, there. he treats you like. He told uh, KT, you know KT Tatara? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know KT. He was there last week, and he said Brad just showed up at a show, walked on stage, and said, hey, I want you guys just to give away your CDs. Bought all KT's CDs. KT had 30 CDs. So what do you sell your CDs for? He goes, 10 bucks. Brad goes, here's $400. Because KT had 30 CDs. Right, Just right. bought them all, gave them an extra 100 then had him hand them out to the crowd. Did that for the feature and the headliner. Wow. What? That's awesome. Just treat you like a king. One time I was there and uh, Jason Alexander showed up. Uh-huh. And he's like, hey, 
we're going to go me, then Jason, then you. Is that okay? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, what, am I going to fucking argue with you? Like, no, Brad, why don't we do this? I'm like, yeah, yeah of course. So First of all, I'm going to shove a banana up my ass. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't talk to Brad like that. But uh, So wow. then, of course, and they just murder. Brad's yeah. out there going, I used to be on the number one TV show in the country and out of nowhere Jason Alexander just walks out and goes oh really I thought I would and the place oh, goes bonkers man. Oh, yeah. wow. and then so I have to follow that then they're like and they just banter back and forth and then they're like alright you know let's bring up the next comic you want to yeah let's do it and they fucking bring me out crowd's like who is this fucking idiot yeah. so, but, the, but you know the show goes good and then afterwards I come off stage and then he's just like hey man Good job. And just hands me a hundred dollars. Like, hey, go get go get a good dinner on me tonight. Like, oh, nice. Just a fucking J- cool- Jason did that. No, Brad. Oh, Brad. Did. But Brad's the coolest man. I've never worked his club. I worked with him down at the Irvine Improv before, and he's great. If you could ever get him on here, he has stories about when he opened him. for Sinatra that are just amazing. I wow. Bet. He would tell stories about like they would just send him out, and they just go just go out there when when Frank's ready. And so he said he'd be doing like 10 or he'd be doing like 45. And when Frank was ready, he'd just start pulling on the cord. <laughs> and that meant get off the stage. Wow. But Brad said he had no idea. I mean, he told these amazing stories. One time he said he came off stage and uh, there was a guy in like a hat and a monocle and like a, a, a cane with like five dudes. And Brad just being a comic was like, who, who the fuck are you, Mr. Peanuthead or something? <laughs> and uh, then he said Sinatra's manager came over and was like, you know who you're talking to? He's like, that's fucking John Gotti. <laughs> Those guys want to kill you right now. And right. I would let them fucking kill you if you didn't have to open for Frank tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> and then he said, then he said he'd have to go. Uh, he'd do his set, and then he wouldn't be allowed backstage. He'd have to go like sit in the crowd <laughs> after he like got in trouble. I mean, <laughs> the dude could tell stories for. Oh my god, he's amazing oh, and just the nicest dude. Seriously, man. He uh, the way he does it when he works Irvine, Brad Garrett is he comes up, does twenty up front, then brings up a comic to fifteen. Then yeah. he does another 10, then brings up another comic, and then he closes it out. That's how he does it at his oh, show. Oh, yeah? And his green room's unbelievable. Just drawers full of candy, right. drinks. I fucking got gout when I was there. That's how bad it was. <laughs> <laughs> I just ate too much sugar and drank. But if you could ever get in that room, I'm telling you, that's probably my favorite room. Yeah. They just treat you like wow. you would hope. They treat you like you see like celebrities get treated. Yeah. Well, that's that's like what you imagine comedy's like when you first start yeah. rooms like that. Like Hermosa Comedy Magic Club yeah. is like that. Yeah. You walk in there and you're like, everyone's nice. Mm-hmm. They kind of know your name sometimes, like right when you walk in, because they actually read lineups yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. They feed you. They're like, take food to go. Like, yeah, you yeah. sure you're still hungry? If you're not hungry now, get some food yeah, to yeah. go. Eat it at home. It's delicious. It's, that's so cool that they, it's they, unbelievable. they treat you with respect like a talent instead yeah. of just yeah. well, the some improv, of these other I, 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 I tout the improvs all the time on this show. They treat you so good across yeah, yeah. the country. I was back there. I was headline Chicago like two months ago and my cousin came and uh, I just told the green room girl, I'm like, hey, you know, uh, whatever, that's my cousin and her husband, whatever they order, just let me know. I'm going to take care of it for them. And at the end of the night, the manager's like, oh, we got it. Don't worry about it. See, that's how it should be. But there's yeah. other clubs. I was working with Ian Bag one time and they're like, they told me I had like six comps, but he had like 10 people coming. They're like, uh, no, you only have six. He goes, these, these are my people. And I was like, what are you going to do? He goes, well, if they don't put my people in, I'm just not going to fucking perform. Really? What are they going <laughs> to do? And I was like, from that moment on, I was like, you know what? You're right. We are the talent. How do you get treated at the festivals? The f- I've only done, I've only, I did shows at South by twice, mm-hmm. but it, I mean, they're so like, 
independent, you know, of the, the, there's no like people there that are like walking you around. Those bigger ones, I'm yeah, sure yeah. that, you know, are, are like that. But I just see like the individual clubs and like a lot of them happen to be improvs and like a few funny bones and stuff like that. And you get treated fairly. Mm-hmm. Like I'm fortunate enough to like open for bigger names sometimes. So like just by association, they're going to like yeah. be nicer to you, you know? Um, but I haven't had like too many like awful experiences. Like the worst experiences at like clubs are usually like at the fucking comedy store in LA. Like hey, what, what you a, don't have to. What a shock! Yeah, you don't have to go far to be like to feel like you're at a shitty road club when you're at the comedy <laughs> store. You know what I mean? Man, but yeah, I, some the, sometimes there you're just like because the the employees are comics like the door yeah. guys and stuff and they're just you know they're young and they want to get past and they want to work and they just treat people like fucking shit i did it too when i you know <laughs> i'd be part of working in the parking lot some comic would come in i'm on the belly room show you can't fucking park here dude get the fuck out of here go park in the you know you're just short fused and shit like that the store is so fascinating to me people yeah. always ask me about it I'm like it's like a fucking it's like a museum man yeah i don't know so you can go down there. everyone has their own take on it but i say you just gotta go and it'll be it. different. I can't give you my experience because every time I go there, it's different. It's like there's new. no like. Yeah, yeah. I say just show up, and you never fucking know what'll happen there. I know. I haven't stepped foot in that place in years, man. After I got kicked out of there, I was just like, "Fuck it." I'm you get kicked out of there. I got kicked out. Yeah, way back when. My listeners know the whole story. Oh, okay, I'll, okay. I'll tell you that later. Uh-huh, I want to hear that story. I want to hear. I thought that was impossible. <laughs> I, I want to hear. Uh, your story, your roulette story. I know it's you kind of talk about it on stage. Yeah. Uh, would you tell that story? Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. When I was in Vegas, well, like I said, I was working for those professional gamblers, so I was making a ton of money. What were you doing working those? I would those just run up and down. So, like, I would have, I would carry every day, like, $100,000. Like, I have a funny story. One time, I was, I went to the Trop to see Mitch Fattel, and I was just, and it was after the show, and we were just mm-hmm. hanging out, and I was just being a douche, uh, showing off for these girls, but I had a brick of 30000 cash. And I'm I was like, I was like twenty. You didn't have a term for it. Yeah, I had yeah. a brick. Well, was all, a brick all, is thirty thousand, or is well, no, brick? just this one was. I had thirty thousand uh, rubber banded up in like a brick, and I had it in my. And I was just being a. I douche. used to carry firecrackers that way. <laughs> FYI. And I was like, uh, and I just turned around, and I was like, oh fuck this! I don't want this money. And I just threw it because it was all, you know, nothing was going to happen. Right as I turned to throw it like towards this wall, fucking Mitch Vitell comes. He's like coming out of the corner. So this thirty thousand is mid fight. Mitch Vitell's like ducking, <laughs> having no idea he's ducking thirty thousand. So, my job, I literally got this job. I was a little kid from Wyoming, Mm -hmm. and I was about to move home. I love this. I was in love with this girl. And then one day, this dude's like, hey, you want a job? And I was like, eh. He's like, just come to lunch. And then, so we went to lunch, and then he was like, so what what, what I would do is I had a Nextel back then, you know, and just beep and Uh tell you what to do. So, I would carry, you know, 100,000 cash and then, like, another 100,000 in chips or tickets. And I would just run up and down the strip betting. If they'd say, hey, go bet the Steelers at the Mirage, go bet, you know. So we would get information right. before the casinos and you'd have to beat them. So I gambled so much that, and just carrying that much money just gives you a confidence you never, you know. Because <laughs> yeah. people, people are shitty. Like when I, and I would do this, it's very douchey, but to girls, I just kept in my front right. Everything I paid out of just, I had a wad of just a hundred. Mm-hmm. So I would just pull it out if I was at Arby's or something, and chicks would be like, "Oh my god, how much money is that?" And I would be like, <laughs> "It's a brick." But at Arby's, you could pull out a twenty, and then <laughs> yeah. you're like, "Whoa, this guy's loaded!" But, or like, like cocktail wage or something. But my move, and it's so douchey now in hindsight. But I would just go, "If you guess within a hundred dollars, I'll let you have it all." 
and chicks have no idea like how much right. money really is. And they'd be like, Oh, like 842. And I just hand it to them, let them start counting it. By the time they got to like 3000, they're just like, oh, you know, <laughs> and I'm just fucking just chicks are horrible in, in Vegas. They're just whores and they're just money whores. So I would, so I was getting all kinds of chicks. I could do whatever. Everything was comp cause I gambled so much. Uh-huh. So I thought I could just do whatever I want and I pretty much could. So this night I started gambling and, um, uh, Long story short, I got in a fight with the security guards, and I hate security guards because they would always fuck with me. Right. That's like my pet peeve. Like, I'm a grown-ass man. I don't, I'm 35. There's no difference between me and a 55-year-old. or tw- I'm an adult. Like, don't treat me like shit, but those security guards always did. So on this night, I got in trouble playing roulette because I cursed. I said shit, and they made a big deal, but I was actually winning a bunch. I think that's why. So they kick me off the, the table, and they make a big deal, put on a big presentation. All these security guards come over. So there's a big ass crowd, and like I say on stage, like I'm a performer. I see a crowd. I'm like, fuck it, it's showtime, right? <laughs> so I walk back towards the roulette table, and the pit boss that started the whole thing, uh, he's standing there, kind of looking at me. And I walk over, and there's like all that money in front of the wheel. I'm like, fuck that. I reach in, stop the wheel while it's spinning in the middle of the game, and I pull out the roulette ball. Oh man! The casino just goes dead quiet. You know, <laughs> like I'm holding a bomb, and and I always say it's like uh, when you're a kid. I was like, well, fuck it. If I can't play, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. But then I'm like, I don't want this little ball. And out of the corner of my eye, I see the pit boss looking all confused, and I just reared back and I threw that roulette ball as hard as I could at the pit boss. Right. They clobber me, tackle me, uh, take me up to casino jail, and I have to wait. Uh, so I'm in casino jail, and, and then the real police come, and uh, the cool part about it is when the police come, they're like, come on, you're going with us. And I'm like, fuck, I'm going. To, I've never been to jail. I'm like right. scared, you know. And uh, they get then we're in the elevator, and the, uh, the cop on the right just turns to me, and he's like, hey, man, I've been doing this job 17 years, and that is the greatest fucking story I've ever heard. <laughs> and they gave me a ticket, and then uh, they said, don't worry about this ticket. We're not going to show up for court, and the casino's not going to pay all the security guards to show up for court, so you don't have to worry about it. Just never do it again. Nice. So I have a cool pink ticket at my house that says, disturbing the peace, stopping live roulette game in progress and hitting pit boss and chess with the roulette ball. Awesome. So I have a million stories like that because I would just get in – you know, one time we used to rent the rascals like the old people would drive oh, yeah. and then just put beer in the front and just cruise up and down the strip. And the, the chicks would just love it. Like if three <laughs> of us, you know, if they're just at a bar and all of a sudden you just come flying in and hop off and they like, and we just had so much fun. But uh, one night we were at the Bellagio and we had rode them up the escalator and all these people were like kind of following us. And, and uh, my buddy tried to ride an escalator down the or ride one of those rascals down an escalator. Uh-huh. You know, the funny part was he's in like a white shirt and he has like a don't drink and drive bumper sticker on his back because we'd put <laughs> bumper stickers on our back. And uh, so he starts to go down. The crowd starts cheering. I don't know if he hit the brake or what happened, but he flips over the front of the rascal. Oof. The rascal, and he's eat shit on the escalator. Yeah, yeah. The rascal runs over like his his shoulder and his ear and hits the bottom of the Bellagio floor and bursts into like a thousand pieces. <laughs> wow. And we're like, fuck, and we have to, so then we just carry ours down the steps and then take off, and then I had to call it, I called it in stolen, but I was like, fuck, there it goes, 3,000, you know? <laughs> but I, I lived this dream life where money, I literally would make four or $5,000 a day, so I didn't, yeah. I was the greatest comic to hang out with because all comics are broke, so I would just pay for everything. Oh, that's cool. Take people to massage parlors, and then... Or whatever, but then when I was with my bosses, they would pay for everything. So it's just like when you're in Vegas, it's just kind of like an unwritten rule. Like if we all go out to dinner, whoever has the most money just yeah. pays. 
So it was cool for me, but that's what made me not want to be a comic forever because when I first got management, they're like, hey, we got you a gig in, in Wisconsin. You're featuring five shows for 350 or something. <laughs> I'm like, I make $5,000 like, a day. You mean 350000 yeah, right? I make $5,000 a day on a college football Saturday. I'm not fucking going to, I mean, right. you know, and then it all ended. So this is how it all ended. My bosses, <laughs> I, I worked for these super rich uh, young dudes. And they were cool dudes, but they had no game. They couldn't get any pussy, mm-hmm. and they were they flew to Thailand to get uh to get wives. But one dude stayed back, and this dude was like bipolar, and he had a bad back, and he uh he like freaked out when they were in Thailand, and he was talking to his mom in Phoenix, and he was like freaking out. And his mom drove up from Phoenix to check on him, and when she got there, she got to the we worked out of this like mansion, mm-hmm. and uh she got there and she couldn't get in, and she couldn't hear from him, so she called the police. So the police came and they busted in and they found him. He's dead in the pool. He killed himself. He's dead in the pool. Whoa. And we had a basement that we worked out of and no one has a basement in Vegas. So the cops went down and it was just flat screens and computers and Mm -hmm. shit. They thought we were bookies. They confiscated everything. We had like 2.3 million in the house. Wow. Take everything. Take the TVs. Take the computers. My bosses come home from Thailand, you know, with these wives. They pull up in a limo. They get to the house. (laughs) The front door's wide open. They're like, holy shit. They fucking run inside and they're like, oh my God, Marco's, Mar- they kidnapped Marco and we got robbed. They right. called the police. They're like, <laughs> we think our friend got kidnapped and we got robbed. And the police are like, your friend's dead and we have all your stuff. You can come see us tomorrow. They went the next day. They called me, uh, said, hey, Marco's dead and it's over. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, it's over. We're going to Costa Rica tomorrow. And they, they got up, they wow. moved and left Costa Rica and that's my job was over. And then, then you I, called back and took that uh, 350 yeah, that, yeah, that I was in Wisconsin. Yeah. 350, <laughs> huh? I'll be right there. <laughs> all right, I'll do it for two. Oh, yeah. Then I was like doing triple runs and shit. But then I was like, which is good because all I ever wanted to do was be a comedian. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that job was fun, but I love, I mean, I love doing this. So yeah. I would have never, it's just like being a stripper or something. I couldn't, the money was just like, I was, and I was just a broke kid from Wyoming growing sure. up. So I never had, you know, I was, I'd fly to Barcelona for the weekend to see my girlfriend. Wow. I'd fly to Paris for Valentine. I'd just spend money like it was just, it was just like a dream world. That's awesome. Man, it's like you were working in finance or something yeah. before the crash. <laughs> yeah. All the money in the world is at your disposal. It was just a different kind of crash. <laughs> a crash in the pool. Yeah. So yeah, I, the, that roulette story, uh, and people always ask if it's true. I'm like, it's true that you can call, uh, I'm waiting for someone to call me out like Tucker Max or something. Yeah, yeah. But that's a good thing. I mean, you can call Vegas and get a copy of the ticket. Or <laughs> well, I, uh, I wish I could get the videos because I mean, I did so much bad shit because I just yeah. they would arrest me and then they'd just go, "Oh, it's him," yeah. you know. But then I eventually got it caught up to me because one time I got kicked out of a casino and then the casino sent a letter and said, "Hey, we didn't realize that was him. We don't want to arrest him. He's one of our big players." And the city of Las Vegas was like, "No." He he's an asshole. He keeps doing this. Yeah. <laughs> he obviously needs anger management, and they made and they wouldn't compromise. With my lawyer, I had to pay a fine, then I had to go to anger management, <laughs> and, that, and I had to go to jail that time. So I was like, I'm never right. one night in jail. I'm like, all right, this putting on a show and being a douche yeah. is not worth going to jail. <laughs> I was working the MC of the show in the weekend. Uh, what was his name? John, John Hilder. Hilder. He was with me on the roulette ball. Yeah. Night. He's did like, he tell did you he, that? Did he tell you that roulette story? I'm like, yeah. He's like, it's all true. <laughs> he was he was the one like, with it's me. all true man everything he says is true he, wow. he was standing right next to that's me. awesome uh Come on. nick you got a story that you wanted to tell that we didn't get a chance to tell the um no the only one when we were talking about shitty road gigs and mm-hmm. i was like oh, i've been fortunate i had the probably the worst one that taught me a lot about comedy was the uh 
I did a college gig with Bobby Lee, mm-hmm. who I, I love still, Bobby. I, I still, yeah. I, I need to get him on the show. I haven't. Had oh, he's got a lot of stories. Oh, yeah, he's great. Yeah, I love Bobby. yeah, he's great. Um, I did a college gig with him years back, right? It was like one of my first road gigs, mm-hmm. and um, and we played a, a place called Embry Riddle, mm. and it's like an aviation school, right? <laughs> There's one in Florida, one in 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 Arizona. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I'll go do this. It'll be fun. 800-seat auditorium. They're all there for him. He's in the college paper. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, this is going to be great. It took 2004, right after the Iraq war started. I was young, inexperienced, <laughs> doing a bunch of stuff on, on the war and politics and how horrible of a president George Bush is. So I get there. And apparently, a lot of the students at this aviation school used to be in the military. <laughs> so our green room is uh, a classroom, and it's just all on the wall. Just It's like a hall of generals, mm-hmm. all the stuff. It's still not going through my head that maybe I should filter <laughs> out my you right. know, material. I think at the time I was doing 20 minutes, I had maybe 21 minutes of material or something. Yeah. So we talked to the kids that are organizing the show. They kind of look like me. You know, they're just... These like young like kids that don't look like they belong at the school. I'm like, hey, you know what? What's the show like? Do we have to be clean? They're like, guys, say whatever you want. We're just so excited. Everyone's excited to see Bobby. It's going to be awesome. I get on stage, and within two minutes, I'm talking about you know how this war is a sham and our mm. presidents. I start getting booed. <laughs> I can't see anything because it's it's like an auditorium that they turned into a showroom. So it's yeah. pitch black, and then they set up lights on the stage. It's a wall of black. Two, three people start heckling and booing. I tell them to fuck off. Because as if like, oh, they're probably just the only two that don't like it. Here at this former military school that I'm performing at. I try and continue. More people start booing. At this point, it's what feels like 40%, maybe half of the crowd is yelling at me. Fuck you. You suck. Get off the stage. All this shit. And I decide I'm going to battle all of them because they're not going to, they're not going to tell me to get off stage. Fuck you. You know? So I start yelling at them. I'm getting lit to the point where the flashlight's just on. It's not even flashing anymore. It's just there. And I look over and I'm like, I'm getting lit early. And I'm, I'm used to like just the comedy clubs where you can just kind of like get through a rough set. You know, I forget that I'm opening for, a guy who's on TV, people mm-hmm. are there to see him, not me, you know? So I finish my set, maybe I might have done like maybe 15. Right. I get off stage, Bobby doesn't say anything to me. He just gets <laughs> introduced and goes right up on stage. No one talks to me the entire time he's on stage. <laughs> I'm outside smoking a cigarette. One of the, the kids runs out and he goes, dude, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> and he's like, you pissed off so many people. And so I went from like, oh, I was not, oh, pissed off people. Like who? Right. Besides obviously half of the crowd. He's like, you walked the alumni committee <laughs> who came to see Bob. You know, he's like, that never happens. I'm like, what, walking them? They're them coming. He's like, they never come, but they came and you, you anchored them. They left. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, what the fuck is going to happen? Bobby did 45 minutes. Killed, obviously. Sure, He's sure. a great comic. They're all there to see him. He does great. He gets off stage and the look in his eye. I've known him for 12 years or something yeah. like that. I've never seen him look this upset. He's like, we need to talk right after this crowd leaves. He has 98% of the audience and they're taking pictures of all this stuff. I like eight or nine punk rock looking kids <laughs> that were like forced to go to this school and they're like, yeah, dude, we thought that was really cool. A lot of these fucking military guys are such dickheads, man. We don't like them anyway. And I kind of start feeling a little better about myself even though I tanked it and it was awful. Right. Bobby's like, right now, we got to talk. Takes me into the green room. 
hall of generals. I'll be, can you see these fucking pictures? Can you see? What were you doing? Why were you doing all that material? I'm like, they said we could do anything. He's like, it doesn't matter. You got to know the room that you're in. You can't just do this shit. And meanwhile, the window to the green room is right on the sidewalk where 800 people are leaving. <laughs> and it's just me like like leaning back and Bobby, I'm like a foot and a half taller than yeah, him. Yeah, He's say. pointing up at me and yelling. And you see, and I look outside and it's like hundreds of people just pointing at the window, <laughs> you know, at what we're going through. And they can't hear anything. They just see this. And uh, you see some people laughing and I just, all the embarrassment started to settle in and I'm like, I really fucked this up. Like, it's not just about what you want to do when you're opening for someone like that. You gotta like, you gotta read a crowd and know that it's the headliner show, you know? And I'm like, I just, I want to go back to the fucking hotel and just, luckily we're leaving tomorrow. I just want to like go to bed and forget about this shit. Then Bobby's like, listen, our driver wants to take us to this fucking Applebee's or some shit. Mm-hmm. And I have to go. I need to smooth this over. You know, yeah, no yeah. one's oh, yeah. happy right now. And I'm like, dude, can I just please go back to the hotel? He's like, it's not going to be a big deal. They're not upset at you, but I need to do this. And you need to come and you need to put on a good face. And I'm like, I fucking guess so, man. I, right. You know, it'll be part of my like apology. I'll go. <laughs> we walk. This is a small Prescott, Arizona. It's not a big town. We walk into this Applebee's. It is packed. <laughs> full of everybody that was at this show. <laughs> it's the only game in town. Right, it's right. like, it, you know, it's just, it's like a bar and a restaurant. No, where else is everyone going to go? The, I mean, the whole place was full of all these audience members, all these heads turn, Bobby, yeah, you're the greatest. And it's just scowls for me. <laughs> I said at the end of a table of 20 people, they put this table together for Bobby, 20 something people. I'm at one end, everyone's talking to Bobby and he's being extra, you know, mm-hmm. joyful and entertaining and all this stuff. And these like two girls and this dude look over at me and they were just like, it's all right, man. <laughs> we thought you were pretty good. And I just sat there and I'm like, I'm going to go get so fucking drunk right now. <laughs> and I just got wasted. And just like, I walked around the entire night, just like, kind of looking for people that kind of eyed me and like, were you know, just like kind of yeah, yeah. like the kids that didn't want to be there and just talked to them and like took their compliments. And, and I just wrote it out. I had to, yeah. like, it was one of those, you had to do it. He didn't take me on the road with him for a good two, two and a half years wow. and would bring up that story all the time. And then he finally did it again a couple years later and I'd you know, grown as a comic, sure. gotten better. And, and then now he, he takes me on the road with him all the time. I'll be in Orlando with him next week and Portland you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, a few weeks after that and, and we like smoothed it out. But it was, that was one of the worst road gigs oh, ever. Oh yeah, there's nothing worse than eating it and then having to be around the oh, people who you just awesome ate story. it from. <laughs> of the whole Applebee's. I don't think I've gone into an Applebee's since. I'm, I'm dead serious. I look at them and I go, oh, I just shudder. You found the one Applebee's that fits 800 people too. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for it. having me. Yeah. I've been trying to get you on for a while. I'm glad we finally I know, I, I really out. am too. Uh, Brant? Thank you. It's awesome. Uh, like I said, I used to listen to the show, so I, uh, it's cool to be on. And I'm going to start listening to the I like to that show. you don't listen to it anymore. That's, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of really good podcasts right now. <laughs> no, I'll get it back in the rotation. Uh, awesome. Um, like I said, I'm going to be down for a few weeks. I might have another episode coming up. Uh, I hope so, because it's going to be a good episode, and I'm going to be recording it out of the Nerdist Theater. I'll give you a hint on who might be showing up on that show. Um, but if not, I'm going to be down for a few weeks and a lot of good things are happening for this show. So in those, uh, three, three or four weeks, I'm going to be, uh, doing some revamps on this show. And, uh, um, it's, we're going to come back with a, with a kick-ass, uh, kick-ass, uh, revamped version of the show, I guess. Uh, until then, um, 
T-shirts are still on sale. Uh, I, I got an email from everybody who received their T-shirt except one person. So if you didn't receive your T-shirt, give me a shout. Let me know. I'll find out what went wrong. Or if you did get it, just let me know so I don't have to worry about you guys. I care about you listeners. And you guys are going home with T-shirts today. Yeah, this yeah. is a cool shirt, man. Awesome. I, I appreciate you. it. I dug it out of the garage because <laughs> of the fucking it's cool. construction guys. Um, and that is it. Uh, Calgary, any listeners up there got anything for me to do? Shoot me an email because I'm going to be bored out of my skull. Uh, and that's it. Write a review on iTunes. They always help. I really appreciate that. And that is all, guys. Thank you so much. Check out their websites. Find out when they're coming to your town and check them out. They're both really Twitter, funny. Twitter, Twitter. And Twitter. Uh, and that is it. Thank you guys uh, for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and fees, fights, cancel flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette. <laughs> Drunks in the front making out for your set. And middle acts doing blow more missing merch. And drive the rental car past another mega church. And juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon.